This week's edition of the Mojo Radio Show. Nice to have you company. Thanks for hitting the download button. Thanks for uh, thanks for being here. Just thanks for listening to a couple of guys who started a show just over a year ago now to celebrate our first birthday. We are having a good time. We continue to find some very interesting guests for the show. And the people we find is people who have got, got their mojo working in or out of work. They've got something, even an opinion or technology or an angle on something. It's stuff that we can learn and absorb and put into our own world to get our own mojo working. Uh, before we start the show, uh, in the studio is Robbo. Mate, what's, is AP away, mate? What's, what's with the intro? <laughs> I was actually out at AC, the ACDC gig on Saturday night and I can't get it out of my oh, head. So, right. <laughs> so I thought, well, hey, show? let's keep it going. It was awesome. Yeah, I went with, uh, with Jack and Liam. So uh, the second, the next generation of uh, ACDC fans in the Robertson family coming through. And yeah, we had a great night. It was awesome. The boys rocked. They must be four, four decades into it now. Yeah, yep, easily. They have. They, and they've definitely still got it, mate. They, uh, they played a good hour and 45 minutes. Uh, Angus played a 18-minute guitar solo. <laughs> really? <laughs> Which was just insane. Yeah just had the crowd in the palm of his hands. In fact, wow. I've, got, I've got a lesson in rock about that later on, which we'll talk about. But, um, yeah, yeah right. just awesome. And the kids loved it too, which was great. They came away uh, humming ACDC all day yesterday, and so it was good. Now, the show has a distinct little taste of giggliness about it. You've, uh, <laughs> you've got something for me, apparently. Robbo's 20 cents worth. Yeah, I, I, I came across this, and, and I, I, I'm stunned at the, the lengths that Google have gone to. They've, they've posted online... Um, a sneak peek of their Sydney headquarters. Uh, and not only do they have things, you know, like pool tables and, and you know, all that sort of stuff to keep their their staff mm. entertained, they've advanced that to rock climbing walls and uh, they've actually even got a Lego room for their staff to go play in. Now, you know, there are places around like advertising agencies that I work at and stuff that are starting to go this way, but I think Google have proved that they can take things one step further. Uh, they've also included things like a music recording studio that has drums, guitars, keyboards, the whole lot. Uh, they've little nap pads, which basically, if you can picture a little pod on a wall that has some acoustic lining where staff can mm. either go and have a nap or they can take their laptop and to get away from things. Um, they've also got a solitude room, uh, a quiet room where staff can go with, you know, soft floors and couches and, and things like that. Um, guests who arrive actually also ride up in an elevator that looks like the inside of a cargo hold of an aeroplane. And when they get to the reception, they can don a helmet and ride a scooter or a unicycle down the hall to a buffet breakfast, created by their own in-house chefs, of course. Uh, and there's also an area dedicated to puzzle making, a library. There's all sorts of different cafes providing different types of food, all free of charge. So uh, hmm. I don't know about you, but uh, I can't imagine that there's much that they've missed in terms of uh, helping their staff get as creative as they can. Well, that's the thing. I mean, when I'm... You know, it doesn't matter where you work in the world when you're speaking and you ask any audience where do you get your great ideas, it's never in the office. Mm. Like, it's never in the office, it's never in a boardroom, it's never in front of a computer. It's always when you are chillaxed, mm. when you are doing something outside. And, I mean, we've spoken this in the show a number of times with uh, the neurologists and the creativity experts that 
We know that exercise and getting the blood flowing is, I mean, just simply by standing up, you increase the blood flow to your brain by 10%. Wow. And when you talk to audiences, they all have their ideas. It'll be running or swimming or doing yoga or walking my dog or standing up having a shower. Mm. So it's just taking the stuff. I mean, this is... This, this particular story, which we'll post in the show notes, this is not new. I mean, there's been a certain amount of Googliness about this for some time now <laughs> in that I saw a story many years ago about the Google headquarters in the States doing this. And there's a lot of lot of different companies doing it. And, and I, when I'm doing my leading innovation, which is a speech talking to CEOs, but how do you create a culture around ideas and innovation? I show many videos of different companies who are doing just this. Now, you don't have to do it exactly the same. But what Google have done is taken all the science of food has an enormous bearing on your mood, your clarity of thought, your creativity, your energy level. So why wouldn't you control that and give the guys good, healthy options inside the building? Why wouldn't you provide great coffee? Why wouldn't you let them have a break? Every, you know, we, we know the sedentary lifestyle is killing us. I mean, mm. people are sitting down. That's why we're so fat. Mm. Well... You look at the Apple Watches and all these sorts of devices now, they they vibrate and buzz and give you a little electric shock to say, stand up and go and do something. Well, how cool would it be if you're doing your work and you get that little shock and you go and climb a rock rock wall? Yeah. Or you go and play table tennis is, is one of the best exercises to do for creativity because it stimulates both the left and right side of your brain. So Really? Ping pong does? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. A lot of agencies have got ping pong tables. The problem, though, is going back to what you said before. Mm. Most leaders look at this and go, how do I get any work done? Everyone's mm. going to be loafing off just playing games all day. Well, they're missing the point that 30 minutes of great quality creativity that unlocks one great idea for your client. What's that mm, worth? Mm, mm. And the great ideas come when your brain moves on to something else, your subconscious mind goes to work. So while you're consciously climbing a wall or playing ping pong or going for a, on a skateboard, your subconscious mind is actually looking through the files, looking for connections to solve the problem. So, right. mate, we, I could do a whole show just based on the science and why Google... And people like that are doing it. And I've worked in a Facebook and they're, you know, they're very similar in their approach to colour and food and nutrition and mm. activities and everything else. The problem today is most leaders would go, yeah, mate, I'm going to do that for my staff. I'll never get any work done. Mm. Mm. Ah, it's all fine for them because they're technology. They're cool and groovy. We're not like that. We are. Yeah. And it's that attitude that is going to have these people lose their good young talent yeah. to their competition yeah. who don't copy it but do their own version mm. that understand that creativity and innovation is not something you can plan mm. and you need your downtime, you need your connections, you need good nutrition. Like, it's um, it's a good story. Well, on that note, um, I would actually like to unveil something for you. Right. If you actually, if you look over your right shoulder, I'd like to introduce <laughs> oh, no. you to the voodoo sound of rock climbing wall. <laughs> those, those, those crates will be pretty stable, won't they? I mean, I did nail them together. They'll be all right, won't they? The folks, what's really funny is that at the top of all those crates is a packet of Tim it will be mine. Yeah, it's called back, motivation. Back world. That's called motivation. <laughs> mm, it will be mine. Absolutely. I, I reckon it's a winner. Hello to our friends at Tim Tams. Yes, exactly. I'm still trying for that sponsorship, but, you know, <laughs> we can live right. in hope. The Mojo Radio Show. So just for something different this week, folks, we don't have just one guest. We've got two, mm. but both guests are talking about the same topic, which is mobile marketing, digital 
online sales and how we can maximise what we're doing online for our business and maybe even there's a lot in it for our personal lives. So we've got two guests today who are talking about the latest trends in the online business of marketing and mobile and technology and so on. The first guest is Kylie Smiley, who is a mobile marketing expert. Now, I met Kylie uh, at a gig once and uh, right before I was about to speak, Kylie walked up with a selfie stick with a phone on the end of it <laughs> and started interviewing me and taking snapshots. And I, we just got into a conversation and she was doing a lot of work with Periscope and was looking after a lot of mobile marketing for some pretty impressive brands. So thankfully, Kylie has agreed to be on the show today. And then once we speak to Kylie, we're going to catch up with a guy called Brandon Cowan. Now, uh, I know, Robbo, you're a big fan of Beauty and the Geek on oh, Channel 7, so yeah. you're probably very familiar with Brandon. Yeah. I've actually applied to be on the show. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, anybody who has watched the show, and it did have a big viewing audience, so uh, don't be bashful, folks. Uh, you may not know his name, but when you see him, you will definitely recognise him. He was one of the geeks. And what people may not know is that before getting onto Beauty and the Geek, his career was um, a young startup creating apps. And he created some very successful apps that went very well across the world. So we talk about apps and online technology. Mm. And he's got a great passion for pets and dogs. So we'll talk about that as well. Mm, absolutely. So uh, big show, Robbo. Let's, uh, let's rock into it. Um, our first guest today is Kylie Smiley, who is an expert in mobile marketing. Kylie, welcome to the Mojo Radio Show. Thank you for having me. This is great. Kylie, can you just um, put everybody in the picture? Um, tell us a little bit about what you do and who you do it for. Sure. I uh, specifically, I help small businesses mostly capture the attention of new and repeat clients using mobile marketing technology integrated with digital general digital marketing, you might say, online, well, both online and offline. So um, using specific technologies that suit that business. So um, majority of businesses I deal with are in the retail and hospitality space. Is it fair to say that though, that what you're doing is appropriate for any business, Kylie? Is it, is it really in your mind, uh, although you might be working in retail and hospitality, is there something that all business should be looking at? Absolutely, without doubt. Um, they're sort of my, you know, the low-hanging fruit, if you will. They're the ones yeah. that um, uh, have kept, they've really you know, caught hold of it quicker than most other markets. So um, that's where, you know, the engagement's been really fast. They've seen results really quickly. But certainly other uh, sectors are starting to see the same thing and realising the power of it. Is mobile marketing now becoming a necessity in a company's marketing budget and plan. I mean, I, and my reason, my question is, I, I suspect, I'm curious that maybe two, three, four, five years ago, it was kind of just the, the forward thinkers that would have set aside either some resources, some cash to invest in it. Is what you're seeing now that people you're working with, is it now becoming a dedicated line in the budget as a must-have? Yes, absolutely. And, you know, it really is... This year has made... A, it's taken a significant turn, actually, with um, the introduction of, of, um, of Google's 
mobile Geddon and um, and uh, and the increased obviously the increased popularity and in people using their mobiles for online activity um, and Google recognised that and said, well, you know what, we're we're now going to penalise you if you don't if you're not mobile ready, if you're mm-hmm. not um, servicing clients like we are. We want our customers to have the best experience, so you should too. <laughs> and therefore, you uh, you really have no choice. They're a pushy bunch, old Google, aren't they? Yeah, <laughs> they they are. And it's funny how we all stand to attention. Yes, that's right. Google <laughs> says this, we must do it. Yes, <laughs> we all have a certain amount of Googliness. Um, Indeed. H- how are they penalising us, Kyle? That's very interesting. What 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 happens? Like, what do they do? Well, look, if you if your um, website isn't mobile friendly or mobile responses, then they can see that it's not and they'll they'll actually de-rank you. So they will, um, in that way, that's a major penalty, especially companies that spend hundreds of thousands of thousands of dollars on SEO and organic SEO, as they previously have. It's um, it's a major, uh, you know, there were big, big brands that had suffered because they weren't ready. How do you actually describe mobile marketing? The easiest way to describe it is any engagement between a business and a, a consumer or business to business, business to client, that involves uh, communicating through a mobile device and marketing okay. through a mobile, any mobile device. Carla, do you have stats that backs up the necessity for this? It's There'll be people listening going, oh, look, it's not appropriate for us. Like, you know, we're, we're in this category. We're in this business. It's different for us. Our, our customers and clients don't use that sort of stuff. Do you have any <laughs> stats that you roll out that would scare people to say, if you're not doing something, get on board. And if you are doing something, really take a serious look to say you're doing enough. Yeah, well, look, um, number one is is really that mobile use um, and mobile um, searchability on the internet is has surpassed laptops and computers. So um, that's a good reason to sort of take notice. And anyone that looks at their, their, their stats, um, their Google Analytics, for instance, on their on uh, their website, will see a, a you know that greatly increase. So you can actually measure and and see your mobile users that are coming to your website. In Australia, there's over 18 million adults now living in Australia, and uh, you know there's 85% smartphone penetration. Um, you've got 60% have tablets, and uh, and it's growing. It's growing in the the older generations, it's not just the younger generations either. So it's growing continuously um, and certainly people are doing their shopping, more people are doing their shopping now um, on mobiles, 40, around 46% of people, if, if, you don't, if they don't have a good mobile experience with your brand, they will dump and run as such. They'll just go somewhere else. Um, so it, it is critical, and they're just a few things, but it's it's absolutely critical that that channel is taken seriously. And now with mobile advertising, that's starting to take off a lot more. How does mobile advertising work? What, what's that? Well, um, basically, it's similar to the to your desktop advertising, except it it might pop up on mobile. So um, just like with with AdWords and. Um, and alike, and your your um, your uh, advertising bars and what have you, you can purchase mobile advertising so that it reaches mobile users who go to specific sites. Yeah, and you can purchase them, purchase 
um, that connectivity there. So and that's having amazing results as well because you've got the full attention of uh, of the person that's using it. They're not getting really distracted by anything else other than because it can only show because you've got such a small screen, it can only show one or two ads. So just on that, there seems to be a battle at the moment between between mobile phone retailers about who can come out with the biggest screen. Is that is there a push from these companies to have bigger screens so we can fit more ads or is that just a silly audio engineers conspiracy theory? <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, I wouldn't, I don't know for sure, but I wouldn't be surprised if, if that, um, that has some bearing. But yeah. I know that um, the the... The mobile phone creators are the ones that, I mean, they're getting feedback from their users and and quite frankly, you know, Apple were given a good kick in the shins um, because their, their screen was just way too small and people yeah. were getting frustrated. I mean, yeah. that combined with the fact that, that companies weren't mobile uh, mobilizing their business either, mm. which made it really frustrating. So you don't have the big, nice big buttons. Um, things weren't linked properly and they were going to screens that were a nightmare and they had to nav- try and navigate them. They were so small. So I think it's just, it's really consumer push that's done that. Yeah, yeah. More than anything. But it definitely will have an impact on on uh, on advertising for sure. Mm. But they've got to be careful because this is like an appendage. It's like nothing else. You take it everywhere you go. It's a very personal item and, and advertisers need to be wary of that. Because um, people, they're very quick to make a, a decision to not visit a site anymore if they're getting too much advertising or um, you know things are annoying them, especially when they're in their private area. If they're in at home and and doing you know their, their own private things, they've got this intrusion factor now mm. that's um, that's having you know really good effects, but also some negative effects as well. And that's where things like SMS also. Um, have had their trials and tribulations of the good the time to send them and how to how to um, make them more reactive, how to make them more personal, that sort of thing. Mm. Robo, I uh, I met Carly up at the Hunter Collective, or as you like to call it, the Hunters and Collective, up in yep. uh, Newcastle recently. Yeah, and we Carly and I have been in conversation about this new thing called Periscope, because I had heard a podcast by a lady called Shalene. Mm. And all she could say was, Periscope is dope. You've got to get on board, <laughs> right? <laughs> and I, I'm just fascinated by this thing, uh, Carly, because I have heard a, a lot of the early adopters and the podcasters and some of the biohackers getting on board with this thing. What is Periscope? Basically, it's a live streaming video app. So that, in a nutshell, it, it allows you to um, to have a live broadcast, have your own television station, if you will. So at any time, wherever you are, and that's the that's the big difference between it and other uh, live streaming um, app applications, say on a on a PC, is that you've got your this app with you everywhere you go. Plus, it's one of the easiest live streaming apps to use. Is it working? Like, do people care? Apparently so. Um, there were <laughs> there were well a million users joined Periscope in the first ten days, and it's been growing ever oh. since in in incredible um, at an incredible wow. rate. But see, Meerkat is as well. So the the jury is still out on Periscope or Meerkat. And Meerkat was the first one to come yeah. off the 
uh, off the shelf and then Periscope came along and then, you know, Twitter purchased Periscope. Mm. Yeah, for $100 million, I think it was. And, um, That's interesting. Mm, mm. So they, they basically shut Meerkat out because Meerkat had an API connection into Twitter. Well, it's interesting because I, I got onto Periscope after hearing this girl talk mm. about it and I just wanted to see what it was. And I sat there one evening looking at Periscope watching a truck driver who was driving into Austin, yep. Texas. And it was just the phone was up somewhere behind his head and all it showed was the highway in front of this truck as we drove mm. through. All I could see was street mm. signs. And this guy was live streaming and it was one of the, one of the, on the front of Periscope, it was one of the highlighted Periscope things. And I found myself for 60 seconds going, why am I, why am I watching this? Mm. So I went back a second time and I follow a guy called Ty Lopez who does a very, very good um, podcast and he does a book of the day. So he does a lot of reading and he gives you an insight into some good books that mm. are worth reading. So I started looking at some stuff of his on Periscope and all he did was stare down at his screen and read back who was following him and comments they were making from different parts of the world. So yeah. he wasn't actually doing anything. He was just him live on mm. screen talking about all the comments that were being I'm just struggling with it to see where this is going. Well, this is the thing. Um, all of us, you know, being being humans, we all, you know, everyone has their own way of doing things. And um, just like a podcast, I guess you follow who you who whom you like. So it's finding people you like, and even though they might be, um, uh, you know, quite prolific in what they do and and very popular. It's that behind the scenes, even if they're brushing their teeth. Like, I mean, you know, you sort of think, who wants to see that? Yeah. And just like you said, who wants to see him commenting on comments? I mean, <laughs> you know, unless it's useful information. But again, it's how you use it. You can be very clever in how you, how you use it, especially businesses. They can be extremely clever. And, you know, they can certainly showcase new staff members. They can do pre-event um showcases they can do um, they can run it through events they can run a program demos um, product demos uh, and really get an insight into the brand and what it means and who's behind the brand uh, and a lot of businesses are now starting to pick that up and try and use it a little bit more uh, with a bit more thought you might say and also with uh, calls to action within um, the system. What medium should we be using, Kylie? I mean, one of the questions I get asked a lot around marketing and brand is, well, should I be on all these things? Should I be using Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and Periscope and Meerkat? Mm. And how do we decide what mediums we use and how do we know we're using it properly? Well, it comes back to your target market, understanding who your client is and where they're hanging out. Where are your clients hanging out? Where do they want to communicate with you? It is important. Obviously, a lot of people are around a lot of channels, and it is important to be across those channels. But again, it's it's having that end goal. What do you really want? Do you want their contact details? Is it because you're you're forming a list, or is it because you're inviting them to an event, or is it because you know you you want them to visit your website more often? What what is it? And then it's forming that strategy and connecting with those channels where that target market are hanging out, and and just you know writing it backwards. I guess is from from where you want to be, where you want to end up, 
um, write it from that point of view to to where you need to begin. So um, I know that seems a little uh, not very clear, but it's just you're keeping your fundamentals. It's really getting back to those fundamentals of marketing, you know, understanding your target market, where they hang out. And yes, it is a multi-channel world. You must be across other multiple channels of where your target market are hanging out. So in the second part of your question, what you asked about the um, how to how to utilize it, well, again, it's utilizing it like a funnel. Just like all the channels, you're utilizing it as a funnel to um, to the end, to the end result, which is, as I said, the list, etc. But um, and making use of it where you know it's constant surveying as well. What do people want to hear from you through those channels, and why, and how often? It might mean you only do a, a live broadcast once a month, but they want to hear from you via email every second day. So it's that same sort of philosophy, but. Again, with this live casting and certainly interactive video, this is another part of live casting is the interaction. So, and the interactivity where you can put links up at the same, going live, you put links up for people to go to, commenting obviously. Um, and then the introduction of, of another live streaming platform, which is Blab. And Blab is, it's live streaming, but you can have four presenters at one time. Blab. So, Blab, yes. Huh, and that, I heard is, that one. Okay. That's going crazy with lots of really? um, lots of people who are in the um, well, the entrepreneurial space and who are looking at um, even podcasters, um, anyone in the social media area. They're looking at Blab because what they're doing, they're sort of running these um, these seminars where they they might have twenty twenty four. Uh, or 25 presenters, and they give them five minutes each, and so uh, four at a time. So they'll they'll introduce all their presenters, but they'll only bring four on at a time and have give them five minutes each. So it's it's almost like a tag tag wow. team of um, <laughs> speakers. <laughs> yeah, Robert and I haven't got onto Blab, but uh, people have said that we we should get onto blah blah blah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so okay. We, might, uh, we, we, we could be onto something here, Robert. <laughs> yeah, maybe we could be. <laughs> we'll, make, we'll, we'll make an app called Blah Blah Blah. There we'll, you we'll go. Start. We'll be superstars. Yeah, that's um, it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Carly, um, we like to be able to give user user friendly, practical stuff for the people who listen to the show to take away, no matter where they are in the world. Sure. Do you have a, cr- a cracking case study? Just a, can you give us a, a quick insight into a, a cracking case study of somebody that you've worked with that took on board this mobile marketing direction and had significant results? Definitely. Definitely. I have a, a little suburban pub who um, uh, they they were, you know, they were doing, you know, yellow pages, et cetera, but they were finding that they just weren't getting um, the clientele on a Tuesday, on a Tuesday evening. That seemed to be the, the issue where they, um, where they really needed more bottoms on seats. And uh, so uh, they, have a, they had a social club. They were um, emailing, you know, every couple of weeks to this social club and, uh, and certainly every other night they were doing okay. But this one night they weren't. So I, um, I we introduced a an SMS VIP club, and uh, this allowed people to 
to receive a free drink. Uh, so they text to join. It was a text to join campaign where they text a keyword and their first name to the, the system number. And, uh, and that was advertised in the pub and uh, throughout their social media and their email as well. And within a, a week or two, they had um, 256 or so um, people who had opted in. So with that opt-in, so when people opted in, they automatically received a text coupon or a text voucher that they showed at the bar to collect their free drink. So as you can imagine, being in a pub, a free drink, of course, everybody, you know, it's a really good offer. <laughs> There's not mm. too many people going to knock that back. But that's the whole idea. It's the, it's the understanding of the business owner who, who realizes, you know, giving up part of the profit for the sale they never had and, uh, and understanding the long-term value of their clients. So once they get that and they understand that, and it's, un- it's odd to many that most don't get that, but uh, once they get that, that they're on a roll. So they were spruiking it and it's very excited about it. And anyway, so we, we decided um, after a couple of weeks of collection that we would do a campaign. So we ran um, what we called a 555 campaign and we, um, we, had, uh, we gave people an hour's notice. Uh, no, sorry, uh, it was an hour and a half. Hour and a half's notice. So on a Tuesday, we sent it out around 3.30 in the afternoon to um, for everyone on that list. And it was an exclusive offer, so only people on that list would be able to come in and uh, and get the, the offer of... Uh, they chose um, one of five popular dishes, so this is for the restaurant, for uh, $5 after 5 o'clock. So... <laughs> So by so by four, well, the the message went out at three thirty. By four fifteen or so, they had around uh, thirty five uh, bookings. So people just calling up to book in. By five o'clock, they had people lining up um, out the front, and uh, and they had uh, by six o'clock, six thirty. Well, it would have been around six thirty. They had seventy five people wow. um, having dinner, and by seven thirty, they'd done ninety five covers so and uh, and they profited they profited which is amazing as well they profited they didn't lose any money um, they made a profit they um, they increased their list by another 10 percent they um, they also had a lot of people so a lot of people who were on the list brought family members and brought other people so that those people that they'd get their five the five dollar meal and others would get you know, they'd be able. They they realised they had money in their pocket then, so they could buy a better meal. So that's where they, you know, they really increased. So their their ROI was, um, oh gosh, it was over three hundred percent. It was, it was, you know, quite good. And uh, and this has happened now. They have to, you know, they're at a point where they 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 never have. They've never had a bad. Tuesday evening since, and uh, and they have to um, take bookings only for the restaurant in a suburban pub. Oh, good result! What a great result! <laughs> yeah, it is. Carly, this has been um, this has been great. I, I I think there's so much for us to think about in terms of any side of business. Um, to start getting probably putting more emphasis, and more energy into the mobile side of things. Where where can people find out or get, where can people get in touch with you or find out more about you and what you do? Oh, sure. Well, look, they can email me at kylie at mobilemarketinglink.com.au. Um, they can uh, opt in to I have a I have a landing page at the moment. My website's just being renewed. And um, so they can go to mobilemarketinglink.com.au. Yep. And, uh, and I'm on Facebook at Mobile Marketing Link. 
as well. Or Kylie Smiley. They'll find me under Kylie Smiley as well. There can't be many Kylie Smileys around, can there? It's not that is actually my real name. <laughs> yes, and a shout out to Mr. Smiley, who I met up in yeah. Newcastle, who was a super cool dude. So, uh, <laughs> can, can, can I just say, thinking of that, I, I did a job the other week at an advertising agency here in Sydney, and the producer I was working with, her name was Anna Wright Hands, W R I G H T, hyphenated hands, oh. and her workmates call her Lefty. Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, See, there's, oh, there's, brand, there's branding right there. Absolutely. Yeah, I said to Carly, sure. I, think, I think Carly Smiley is fantastic in terms of, and yeah. for the, you know, we have people listening around the world to this who, who, you know, may or may not get the opportunity to meet Carly face-to-face someday, but when you meet Carly, the thing you notice, and the same thing about Mr. Smiley is their beautiful smiles. And I just said to Carly, <laughs> it's just such great branding for you to put that together. Um, mm. So I think it's great. And, and, of course, when you remember the brand, you remember what you do, which is the mobile marketing. So I think all in all, it's a really nice package for you to do what you do, Kylie. Yeah. Oh, thank you. I really appreciate that. I've had to, I've had to grow into it, I guess. But thank you. I really appreciate that. Well, thank you for joining us on the Mojo Radio Show. It's been a delight uh, to yeah. catch up. I'm looking forward to, to getting you on the show for a couple of weeks since we met up in Newcastle at the Hunters and Collective. Um, so um, hopefully, <laughs> we'll, now, uh, hopefully we'll cross paths again soon, Kylie. I hope so too. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. I, that was wonderful. Thank you. Getting your mojo working. This is the Mojo Radio Show. So remember back in our radio days, we used to do a double shot Tuesday, which is what meant we used to play two songs in a row by the same artist. <laughs> Since <laughs> a double shot Tuesday. Since this show goes out on a Monday, can we call this episode a double shot Monday? Absolutely. On 104.1, the Mojo Radio Show, broadcasting live across the globe. Uh, Holger Brockman. Hello to Holger Brockman yeah, hello, if you're Holger. listening. Yeah. Steve Britton, they would they would listen to us. <laughs> yeah. They, oh, but he's a big fan of ours, Steve. He told me so. Hey, this is Steve Britton on the Mojo Radio Show and a special message for Gary Birdwhistle. You're still an arsehole. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. I can imagine the language he used. Yeah. Anyway, so let's rock into our, what is it, a double shot Monday? A double shot Monday. Yeah, yeah, here we go. It's a Mojo Show double, double shot Monday. Brandon Cowan, mate, welcome to the Mojo Radio Show. Cheers. Is it fair to say you are, you are a self-professed geek? Would that be fair? Oh, well, being on Beauty and the Geek probably <laughs> does make me a qualified geek. <laughs> no, but the reason I asked the question is that we'll, we'll delve into that because uh, James Tobin's a mate of mine, so I want to talk to you about that towards the end of the show, right? So we will get to that. But the reason I asked the question is you have a very different day than a lot of other people. Talk, talk me through what happens in your normal day. So, yeah, in general, I'd, I'd wake up at about 3 p.m. Um, I'd start working, sending emails, designing apps, speaking with clients, um, all that stuff. And I'd normally keep going till, till about 7 or 8 in the morning. Um, and one of my issues was I, I just <laughs> forgot to, like, have a break. Like, I just, like, you know, you know I just get so caught up in, like, in doing what I what I do, but yeah, just, just sort of got to have a break, and then yeah, it was quite nice actually because in in my apartment a few months ago, um, I could see the the sunrise, so I actually went to sleep after mm. the sunrise because you've had 
some pretty good success, haven't you, with the apps you've created? Yeah, so the first app I made, um, it's called I Parked Here. Um, as the name suggests, the app remembers where you parked your car. Um, when, I, when I was, I would have been about 15, 16, um, I was with my mum in a car park and we, we just lost the car for about 40 minutes and, yeah, it was just a bit frustrating. So I thought, got to make an app for that. Um, fast forward a few months, um, I found a family friend. Um, I, I had about 30 or 40 different app ideas. Um, together, we co-founded Crazy Dog Apps and we, we made our first app, I Parked Here. It's quite exciting. I mean, I was like a 16-year-old kid. Just All I wanted to do is just turn my idea into an app. And it mm. ended up reaching the top 10 apps on the App Store, which was quite cool. You're now 21. Where do you, in your mind as an app developer, where do you see the world of apps going to? Do you have a, do you have a view on what's likely to happen in the app world? Um, it's probably a disappointing response. But <laughs> in the, these days, like, yeah, people are like, oh, it's, it's an app. It's so exciting, blah, blah, blah. Uh, firstly, mo- most apps these days, they, they make virtually no money. Most mm. apps... If you pay a developer to make it, you're going to be in the red. You're, you're going to be losing money. It's becoming increasingly hard to market apps. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's, it's quite a hard thing to do. Uh, in terms of the future, um, if, if I knew that's where I would be heading, but yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm not too sure. So say I've got a oh, school, a company, and I want to communicate with others and I'm building an app. What's, what would you say is the most important thing to understand or to do when you are getting an app created? Basically, when the idea of an app is not to make money, and then that might be to, if it's an app for a social cause, it might be an app for a business to communicate with their customers, it might be an app where a business develops an app to replace a paper-based system. These days, that's going to be, those are the sort of apps mm, that are actually yeah. worthwhile building, in my opinion, um, rather than the person who's got, who says, oh, I've got an app idea, I'm going to try and make a million dollars and make this app. Because realistically, these days yeah. especially, it's you're really swimming up a waterfall today. It's obviously possible, but yeah, it's, it's very, very, very hard. On the app thing to finish up, do you see any tips you would recommend to people to help them with that? With the marketing of an app, what's the best stuff you've seen or the smartest marketing of an app you've seen? Yeah, so basically what I do, one of the best ways that I know how to market an app is to work out um, which organisation or organisations are going to benefit from my app being downloaded more than myself. So an example of that is with the Pet Rescue app that lets you find a pet to adopt. Um, It simply makes sense that any animal rescue group or animal shelter in Australia, they're obviously going to benefit from my app being downloaded. So it makes sense for me to just send them a quick email um, and say, hey, do you mind sharing my app on Facebook or on your email newsletter? And I've done that. I, I, I literally contacted probably about 70 or 80 rescue groups in Australia. And they did. They, they shared my app. And I think that's, that's one of the reasons why it's been so effective. Another example, mm-hmm. I've, with, with a partner, I've made an atheist app um, and video with him. And same thing, we, we contacted about 100 atheist organizations and asked them to share, share the app um, and video. And they have. And like the Richard Dawkins Foundation shared it. It's... You, you know, it's just that that's one of the most effective things, working out what organization will benefit from your app being downloaded and spamming about 100 of those organization types so a few of them will share your app. That's good advice. I like that. So what's the journey now for you, mate? You've, you've now worked, uh, you're now working 
at the pound and you're very passionate about pets. What's what's the message in your mind that you want to get out about pets? Yeah, so I mean, the sad reality is in Australia, around 200,000 dogs and cats are killed in, in shelters in, in Australia alone, and that's every year. So, and, and that's a huge number. That's like, it, it's massive. If, if that many people were killed because they didn't have homes, I think people would be doing a bit more about it. Mm. Um, Anyway, so, so there's a few things that we can do to lower those numbers and hopefully get, get it to, uh, it'll never be zero because there's aggressive dogs and stuff like that. But in order to significantly reduce that number, there's a few things. If people want a dog or a cat, they should go to an animal shelter or a, or a rescue group and adopt rather than go to a breeder. Because yeah. if, 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 if you go to either a breeder or a pet shop that doesn't have rescue animals, um, in some instances, you're, you're by getting a pet from a breeder or a pet shop, you're killing an, an animal that you could have saved. Um, mm. So that's one thing. There's another thing that, which is really interesting is you're able to foster. <clears throat> you, can, you can foster dogs and cats through rescue groups. Now, what that involves is you get get a dog or cat from a shelter, keep it for a temporary amount of time. In general, all the vet bills and all the you, the food and everything, it's all donated and paid for by whatever rescue group it is. Um, there, there's lots of rescue groups around. So if you go to petrescue.com.au, um, there's, uh, there's a link at the top that says rescue directory. And that lists across Australia whole, a lot of different rescue groups and you can contact them to find out how you can foster. Um, and then, yeah, it, it's a really great experience. And especially, yeah, it's, it's especially people that can't afford an animal or mm. they, they might be moving in six months. Um, they, they, they can get an animal, save its life, and res- rescue it, and it's, it's a really great experience. So that's another way that people can, people can help reduce that, that number of animals that, um, yeah, that, that don't make it out of our shelters in Australia. It's something that I can actually speak to about too, Gaz, because um, I've done, over the years, done a lot of work with Monica's Doggy Rescue. And, ah, yeah, and we also, do work with them as well. Yeah, and also Staffy Rescue out at... Um, at Kellyville, uh, yeah. Uh, right. yeah. So um, we've we've actually uh, we've actually fostered a number of dogs over the years, and also have had four uh, rescue dogs as that we've taken on as our own dogs as well. So um, it's a, it's actually if you want something that gets your mojo going, go out to a kennel, one of these kennels, because you will walk into a sea of dogs in these yards in some of these mm. places, and it mm-hmm. just breaks your heart. You want to take them all home. I think the message that uh, goes out is, was it hashtag adopt, don't shop? Is that right? I'm pretty sure that's it, but I don't use Twitter. But, yeah, I think that's it. <laughs> Even more importantly, I reckon is a, um, the one I've heard is, is a pet is for life too, I think, is another good one, isn't it? Yeah, people, yeah, nice. they just go overseas or they do do whatever and they just think, oh, that's all right, I'll just dump, dump my yeah, pet out. Yeah. It's it, just a dog or it's just a cat, it, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like mm. pe- people think, oh, it's a, it's a pet, it's a commitment, it's 19 years, whatever. The average life expectancy of a child is about 83 years <laughs> in Australia, 83.1, I yeah. think. So you're not going to do that to, to a child. You're not going to just abandon it. Hmm. Why would you do it to your pet as well? Brandon, many people who, when we post this up, will see your photo and recognise you from Beauty and the Geek on Channel 7. And James Tobin is a good mate of mine. Um, it'd be remiss of me not to ask you about it before we finish the show because you were one of the finalists, weren't you? You got right down to the wire, didn't you? Uh, it's funny. So I made it to the second last episode 
But right. but I came fifth out of eight because half the teams made it to the last episode. <laughs> so let's let's just leave it at I made it to the second last episode because that sounds really impressive. It does. <laughs> Sounds very impressive. <laughs> you know why? You know why Gary's asking that question, don't you? Channel Ten have actually come up with a concept of they're putting two shows together: The Biggest Loser and and Beauty and the Geek, and they're calling it The Biggest Geek. And they've asked Gary to start. Really? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. They've yeah, asked Gary no, to start yeah, it. I think I, I think I'm better off for that, buddy. <laughs> Does it really have any impact after you finish, or you just go back to your geekhoodness? Um, it was geek-hoodness. a bit weird. I mean, like for the first like six months or so. Um, after, after being in the show, people would like come up to me and ask me for like the picture and everything. Like I was some sort of celebrity. I'm, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm just a, I'm just a normal, normal idiot. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, in, in that sense, it was a bit, bit weird. Uh, besides that, um, it's just a, a good, good thing to talk about when I'm having a few beers with, with my mates and new people. And it's, it's just a conversation topic, really. <laughs> Good mm. on you, mate. Well, beauty. Well done. Well, people the want to dogs. get in touch because you are a celebrity, right? <laughs> so if people want to get in touch with you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Here it is. Uh, <laughs> yeah, please bark on cue. Um, can people get in touch? Do you want people to get in touch with you or do you want to send out a, a message for pet? I mean, how, where do you want to send people? How, what do we put in the show notes for people to get in touch with you or the stuff you're passionate about? Yeah, so I mean, if, if someone's interested in adopting a, a dog, um, a dog or a cat, um, go to petrescue.com.au. They have Australia's largest database of rescue pets. So if you want to rescue a pet, um, it, there, there's about six or 7,000 or something to choose from at any given time uh-huh. across Australia. Um, if you want to adopt from Sydney, um, send me an email. I'll, I'll get, get a few, you know, I like to help people. Uh, so yeah, yeah, you can send, you, send me an email. Um, my email address is Brandon Cowan, so B-R-A-N-D-O-N-C-O-W-A-N and the number two at hotmail.com. And then, yeah, if someone wants to adopt a dog or cat, send me an email, uh, include your contact number, I'll give you a call and we can go from there and hopefully set, set, set people up with a few animals. Beautiful. Good message. Well, mate, thanks again. Good chatting to you and uh, good luck with all the work at The Pound. It's uh, it's a noble cause. Go on, you buddy. Thank you. The Mojo Radio Show. Well, mate, you um, you get your money's worth out of that. A bit of social media, which is an area you're interested in. But apart from that, the uh, the adoption thing with dogs, you were really into that, weren't you? I was into that. Me and my ex-wife used to have a bit to do with Monica. We used to help out a lot. And also another place called Staffy Rescue, which is uh, out Windsor Way. So I've been involved in the dog rescue stuff in in the past. Yeah, absolutely. It's a great cause. So, folks, if you, um, if you like that topic and uh, you like what Brandon was talking about, just send us a note on uh, Facebook or through the website. Just let us know that you're out there. And because uh, he's very passionate about that. But I, uh, I must say, in talking to a few people since we interviewed Brandon, there's a big vibe on that whole sort of pet thing and adoption. And so that was good. Didn't expect to go there. No, neither did I, but we did. Mm. Yeah, we did. <laughs> it's a bit like, like the show. That's what I was going to say. Not, that's what that this show's like. Yes, exactly. Yeah, it's a bit, it's a bit, bit loose, yeah. but that's okay. People What's your favourite like saying? It. It's a little bit country, it's a little bit rock and roll. Is that what you, That's your favourite saying, isn't it? A little bit loose, a little bit untidy. Um, yeah, one of those. Now, a couple of things before we uh, mm. close the show. We yep. have got a bundle of likes uh, have recently come in okay. to the Mojo Radio Show through Facebook, which is good. That's what I like. The Mojo Radio Show. I'm just going to rattle off a few shout-outs to Dana Kirkland-Walls, Joseph Carlucci, 
love that name. Carlucci. Carlucci. Yeah, I've been, I've, hey, I've been to prego. Anthony Carlucci's restaurant in London. It's mm. a Michelin star restaurant in, in I wonder if he's related. That'd be cool. Antonio uh, Carluccio is the famous chef, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, it's a great name. Mm. Alison Jeffries Clark, Melissa Michelle Dawson sent us a lovely photo as well. Mm. Uh, Craig Cons Grady, I think it is. Kylie Smiley. Hey. Hey. That hey, one wasn't hey, rigged hey. at all, wasn't it? She's, hey? she's jumped at it. <laughs> Michelle Faithful. It's not, was it Michelle Faithful's a great singer? Mary Ann Faithful. It's a, I think it's her sister. <laughs> <laughs> I think she's doing it on behalf of Mary Ann. It's a pseudonym. Uh, Tim Green. Uh, Rick Austin sent us a uh, sent us a note with a lovely uh, attachment to it, and Shelley Whitehurst. We haven't uh, we haven't mentioned Shelley for a while. No, sent us a lovely note through. Um, she said she was thinking of us, you and mm. me. Mm. Uh, lovely note through Facebook. So I hope Shelley's nice. doing well. I hope the well, treatment's we're going of well. Her. well yeah, uh, absolutely. I was going to say. Yeah, that. big yeah. shout out to Shelley. And, and folks, if you are new to the show, track back through the Mojo Radio Show. Shelley Whitehurst has been known, has been called the new voice of cancer, and uh, it was a fantastic interview. So yeah. uh, we're very, very pleased to have her on board. So there you Absolutely. go. Absolutely nice. Now I've got something for nothing. This is yes. going to surprise go. you. Just before we get to the lesson of rock, mm. um, this is just something for, for folks to check out. But you know, we are a little bit country and a little bit rock and roll. We'll get to ACDC rock and roll in 20 seconds. Mm. For the people who like, have got a, a broad like of music in general. Go onto YouTube and have a look at the CMA Music Awards. There, I'm a country guy. There's the Country Music Association Awards 2015 mm. and put in Chris Stapleton and Justin Timberlake. They did a song called Drink You Away, I think it was called, Robo, was it? Yes, that was it. And it is unbelievable, folks. I'll put a link to it in the show notes. Mm. Chris Stapleton cleaned up. He won Best New Artist. Best Male Vocalist and Album of the Year. This guy is in the country lane from Nashville. And Justin Timberlake being, honestly, I was so impressed with Justin Timberlake. I'm not going to go on about it, but folks, do yourself a favour, in the words of the great Molly Meldrum, go on and check out this clip. The lady who won Best Female Artist, who is a legend in country music, a young singer called Miranda Lambert, when she received the award, she said, after seeing Chris Stapleton and Justin Timberlake, I'm going home to practice. It was that wow. good. There you go. So there's my little bit of country. Yeah. Now a little what bit have of rock you got to listen to rock? What's a, what's a bit of rock and roll? God of rock. Thank you for this chance to kick ass. The Mojo Radio Shows. Lessons in rock. Okay, I've got two real quick ones this week and I, I couldn't help myself after seeing Akadaka on Saturday night. It had to be based <laughs> around the boys. We all know, uh, we know Angus is famous for his guitar solos. Uh, and there's a classic line in rock and roll about rock and roll called a call out and response, which is where you know the singer might go, "Hey," and the crowd goes, "Hey." Well, here's an example of Angus Young's call and response. So um, I actually came across yep. a little interview with Angus where he described where he came up with that idea from. Just have a listen, quick listen to yeah, this. Yeah, right. When I would watch somebody like Chuck Berry or something, you know, he would always, uh, he always had little raps that he had going with an audience. You know, he'd go, hello, and the audience go, hello, you know, and he'd go, hello, and they go, hello, you know, and so I would try and do, I thought, well, with Chuck and him, maybe I can do it with the guitar. So I go, <laughs> you know, and if the audience went, hey, you go, <laughs> you know, and he just sort of, Build it up so you get like. 
So all hail the great man, <laughs> firstly, can I just say. And secondly, my lesson in rock, my first quick lesson in rock is that take inspiration from others. Take what you watch other people do well, make it your own and learn from 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 what they've done is, is lesson number one, I reckon. Oh, mate, look, it's such a good lesson, uh, Robbo. If you guys like Ty Lopez and these guys who are, you know, coaches around the world and are coaching millionaires and multimillionaires, mm. whenever you hear them talk in the first lesson of success for anybody in any field is find a great mentor who's been there and done that mm. and you and, and emulate them. Take what mm. they've done and mm. take their lessons. The problem is we compare ourselves to them mm. and we try and copy them. But what we need to do is just look at them, like you say, and take away the great bits and then say, how does it apply to my world? Mm. And don't put ceilings over yourself. Well, it's all right for Angus, I'm different. Well, that's the problem is you've got, I mean, we've got hundreds and hundreds of years of the greatest in books and podcasts and stuff. Mm. So, I mean, what he did with Chuck Berry is just a great example of seeking out greatness, learn the lessons from them, and then repeating it in your own world, in mm. your own way. That's right. So uh, I did all right in the first one. I don't think you can really go too wrong with ACDC and Angus on guitar, buddy. So no, I, I know. Think, uh, yeah, yeah. I know. All right, well, here's the second one. Just to, and This is just a really quick one. A couple of quick facts about ACDC to back up what I'm about to talk about. Overall, 200 million record sales worldwide. Their biggest album, Back in Black, which was the first one after the death of Bon Scott, alone has sold 22 million sales. That makes it the second oh. biggest selling album in history besides behind Michael Jackson, the biggest selling album for a band in history. Wow. So uh, so not bad. Now, why do I bring that up? Why have they sold many records? Because every time you go to a record store and pick up an ACDC album or go out to buy the new album, you know exactly what you're going to get. You're going to get full on rock mm. and roll. You know, can anyone imagine... ACDC doing a ballad? I don't think so. Can anyone imagine ACDC <laughs> doing a bit of country? I don't think so. Can anyone imagine ACDC doing some rap? I don't think so. And so my second lesson would be just stay true to yourself. If, if that's what you believe mm. in and that's what you do best, stick with it. It also goes back to last week we talked about the five regrets of the dying is it's being true to yourself and knowing who you are and being true to it. And I'll tell you what, lasting, what, four decades... Yep. Uh, they've been through uh, different drummers. They've been through a change of lead singer. Yep. And they're still packing out stadiums and still selling Absolutely. albums. So, uh, yep. yeah, all hail the great men. Indeed. So uh, I reckon on that note, they should also play us out this week. Yep. And a what bit track? of live, Akadaka. This is You Shook Me All Night Long. Get your ears around this one. Okay, just recently, Brian Johnson was asked what American Thighs was about in the song. You know, she knocking me out with her American Thighs. His answer was, well, mm. we certainly weren't talking about KFC. <laughs> <laughs> the best answer I can find just quickly before we go is uh, an answer by Angus Young to the same question many years ago now, who says it was a tribute to the hostesses from Southwest Airlines in the States who apparently wore short shorts. I've been online and I found a photo of the stewardesses from back then. If you have a look at it, I reckon he's probably spot on the money. <laughs> Isn't that great? Yeah, absolutely. So there you go. That's this week over and done with. Turn it up. Here it comes.
Mojo Radio Show is produced and recorded in the studios of Voodoo Sound. For more tips and tools to get your mojo working, check us out on Facebook at the Mojo Radio Show or online at themojoradioshow.com. For more about Gary, see garybertwhistle.com or to polish your next audio or video production, check out voodoosound.com.au and for the right voice, realtimecasting.com. Andrew Peters speaking. See you next time.